You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast, fortunate enough to be partnered with BetMGM. All right. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. If you could, you can bet on basically anything here. Now, if you could bet on where high school players are going to be ranked or where they're going to be rightfully moved up, I don't think you can probably do that on BetMGM, but BetMGM would be the only place that you could find such a thing right there, which we will talk about. But now, let's hear from Shane Diefenbach with a disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. All right, now joined by Jason Shear on Mike Luke. We got a lot to get to here, but first, there were some of the re- one of the recruiting services, the best recruiting service, got it. 24-7 Sports has moved Jamari Phillips up to 17. We've been saying for the longest time, Shear, this kid belongs somewhere in the top 20. It happened. How did we get to this point? Yeah, I mean, I know people don't believe me sometimes when I say it, but rankings are pretty simple. If you play well in front of the evaluators you generally move up and if you don't you generally move down and eric bossy was at the phoenix eybl and another one of our guys saw him the following week and uh he was great and he was great at pangos the other day which just solidified everything and so he deserves to move up there's not a lot. I mean, honestly, when you look at the kids' game too, there's not much not to like about it. I mean, you you look at it, and there's not really many holes. Again, he's you know he's a 17 year old kid. I get all that, but he's got he's got a good basketball frame. He's got a uh, he's good shooter. He's obviously got a great head on his shoulders. He can uh, he can dribble. It's developing. He's an above average athlete. There's not there's not much not to like about his game. There's not the glaring holes here. Yeah, there's nothing where you watch and you go, man, I just I don't know if this is going to work at the next level. Like, if anything, his offensive game is super advanced. He creates for himself better than a lot of college guys do right now. You just don't see a lot of guys that can take uh, his defender off the dribble or or back him up or, you know, create his own shot uh, off the dribble. But, you know, I guess if you want to pick on something or, you know, it's not even bad, like he could get better defensively. Maybe he could get better in the other areas like rebounding or whatever, but there's nothing where you look at him and you go, man, that's just, that's not going to work for me. Well, right. And then you look and now you've got, um, now you got, you got, you got uh, Carter Bryant was moved down to 11. So he's still in that kind of that fringe top 10 range. Didn't play as well as Jamari did this summer, but at the end of the day though, Carter Bryant's an NBA player. He's an NBA prospect. And I think you're seeing too now that people are starting to look at Jamari Phillips as being very much in that same light. Yeah, I mean, Carter Bryant moves down, and he's still 11th in the country. And right. the reality is we probably had him too high to begin with in terms of fourth in the country. Usually you're more impactful now when you're in the top five. But a lot of Carter's ranking is based on potential. Like, he he did not play well in UIBL as of late. But you still watch him and say, man, look at his size, his frame, his ability to move around. If he puts it all together, 
he is a very clear NBA player. And, and so you assume with coaching and all that in college and, and weight gain and things like that, that he'll be fine. But, um, you know, we said for the last few weeks, there really wasn't that big of a gap between Carter and Jamari. And, and I think we're finding that out now. All right. Does Mike pay for his own uh, Wildcat Authority account? Bef- All right. So before Shear fired me, I was actually a moderator on the board, but now I am not on the board. And I am on the board, but I do not pay for my own Wildcat Authority account. Thank you, Sheer. You're welcome. All right. That's all I want right there. Now, uh, let's see here. We're going to get to realignment here in just a second, folks. All right. Now, more likely to start from day one, Brian or Phillips. I think they both have a really good chance of starting. It also depends, though, on who's who's on the roster. You know, like if you come back, if, you know, if Kylan Boswell's – well, obviously Kylan Boswell. Well, neither one of them are going to play the point. But Pella Larson could theoretically be back. Um, there's a uh, – uh, basically everybody could theoretically be back. Um, but either way, these guys are going to both be playing starters minutes. I'll put it to you like that. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I would say Jamari Phillips, but if for some, you know, chance, I don't see it, think it's likely, but some chance you have Boswell, Bradley and love coming back in two years, Phillips isn't starting. Obviously right. he's not going in and starting over any of those guys. But if, if Love leaves, if Boswell's a great season and leaves, is there a chance? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a chance. I think Brian is probably a little more difficult only because of his frame and all that and the fact that he's, you know, he might take a year or two or college before he really gets going. And I think you need to have realistic expectations here, too, because, again, um, you look at uh, look at the one of the top five guys uh, in the class. Cody Williams, a guy that Jason Shear was wrong on and will still continue to be wrong on. But Cody Williams is going to go to Colorado, and I think he's probably going to average about 10 points, four rebounds, and three assists, something like that. Um, just uh, just because a kid doesn't come in and put up Kevin Durant numbers immediately, there's only a few Kevin Durants out there. So I do think people need to pump the brakes a little bit on the expectations, but still, these kids are both going to be very, very good. Yeah, I think sometimes people don't really – take a look at the like the country and like what numbers really are like right. for a true freshman to come in and average 15 points. It's just, it, it, it's super unlikely. And, and so I think people need to have realistic expectations, but to expect both of them to be good freshman year, I don't think it's out of the question. Yeah. And you know, um, again, because a lot of guys you see at this day and age, a lot of players that are drafted on potential. Now, one thing we don't need to worry about potential, it's already here, is Circle K. Sheer, when was the last time you were at Circle K? Uh, it was actually two days ago. All right, Circle K. Here's Make sure you're not missing out on all the great stuff. Right now, text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on a 32-ounce Polar Pop. Head to CircleK.com slash store locator to find a Circle K near you and... Let's see here. What else we got? Oh, and we got a cool Father's Day special as well here for uh, for PHNX. Now, you might say, Mike, what is the Father's Day special? Well, thanks for asking. Our PHNX Father's Day sale starts today. Buy one, get one half off on all shirts and hats. Surprise dad with his favorite Arizona sports gear shop, PHNXLocker.com. All right. Now, we're going to get into realignment here in just a second, but um, we need to talk about Dylan Anderson. Those highlights that were put out yesterday are running the nation. And again, like I've been telling you, Sheer, Dylan Anderson's got skills. You've come around a little bit on him, but you're still skeptical. Sheer, what do we need to do to get you all the way on to the conversion for Dylan Anderson? 
uh, see him actually do it in a game. That'd be All pretty right. cool. <laughs> All right. So, but you got to admit, it did look good, though. He was moving around really fluidly. He's not the he's not a stiff like some people try to make him out to be sure. You will no, admit this. No. He's not a stiff. He's absolutely not a stiff. He has basketball skill. It's just a matter of translating that skill to this level of basketball. All right, so there we go. Dylan Anderson, we're out there. We're backing you right here. Um, also, Derek Pipkos, talking about Circle K. The nearest Circle K for me is 3.5 miles, evidence that good things in New Jersey do exist. I'm telling you, man, you got to get there. The movement will the movement will not always be televised right there, Sheer. Agreed? Uh, agreed. Agreed. And Dylan Anderson looking good. TLN right there, our good friend TLN. Okay, we're going to get to all the realignment stuff in a second. Um, oh, oh, Kenny Abbey. Oh, by the way, this is exciting when this happens. I was at Circle K yesterday when I was getting gas. A PHNX ad comes up on the screen. Another reason to get gas. Now, I don't always uh, – I'm not on those, but either way, that might be a good thing right there. Now, Arizona basketball, let's talk about the peaks up front. And, again, we're going to get to realignment here. We see you in here, Clint Moses. Um, Clint Moses, Oregon State fan. I, and I'm going to give Oregon State fans a little bit of credit here in a minute. Um, but uh, as far as the peaks go, it's going to be very fascinating to see what happens because you already got Ballo, you got Kashad Johnson. Both those dudes are going to play – 25 to 30 minutes per game. So I think there's going to be room for about one and a half other peaks in there, whether that's uh, Dylan, Vesar, uh, Krivas, or Morauskas. Let's say you, Sheer. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about – I mean, I I, I would it, – it's going to be super interesting. I don't want to say Arizona has too many bigs, but it almost feels that way. Right. right. Um, someone is not going to play. And, and we're going to find out, obviously, who that is. Morauskas, they believe, is more of a th- – and, and the thing is, like, Krivis is a straight five. He is Umar Balo's backup. They're not and playing they're, together. Right. They're not playing together unless they go small or whatever it may be. But if you're ta- talking about the straight depth chart, Krivis would be considered Umar's backup. Um, you know, Henry can play some four. Uh, you know, Morauskas could play some three in a pinch, but Krivis is just a, a straight center. And so we might see some unique combinations, but um, one of these guys is is just not going to play a lot of minutes. All right. Well, I want to give 24-7 a lot of kudos, though. You guys got it right. You were ahead of the curve, as we expect, Jason Shear. Good work. And I'm also going to thank the PHNX Wildcats podcast for pushing everybody in the right. Sometimes you need a little bit of a nudge. Yeah, I mean, all credit to you. I don't know where we would be without you. I'm, I'm just doing point. what I can. Kenny Abbey, watch your mouth right now. We're not going to even put that comment up on the screen. All right, now let's get to conference realignment here in a second. But first, tap and bottle. Tap and bottle watch parties. Kenny Abbey, be nice. Now, check out Scott. Scott and Rebecca do a very, very good job. Again, support local, downtown, or the northwest location. We're going to have watch parties. Sheer has never come to a watch party. Sheer does not like being in public. He will not come to the watch parties. But that doesn't mean that we can't come down here and join like Kenny Abbey and make fun of Sheer because he's not there. But again, check it out, and you can get four peaks there as well. All right. Realignment talk. I'm going to give Clint Moses, and there's another Oregon State guy in here, a little bit of credit on one thing. First of all, I don't uh, envy having to root for Oregon State or Washington State Athletics. I will uh, I will definitely give you credit on that one. But um, there are there sheer there are more committed Oregon State fans out there than I ever thought there were. I 
there is a there is a band of brothers out there that I've got to give a lot of credit to. I did not think they existed here. Yeah, and they're all very mean to me. Whenever I tweet anything on realignment, there's like three fan bases that they don't even care what I'm saying. It's Oregon State, uh, Utah, and Washington State, pretty much. They right. But yeah, I didn't know what that many Oregon State fans existed. So props to them. All right. And the Utah ones uh, surprised me a little bit because they got more going for them. Again, no, no offense right there. But you got Utah football. You're in a bigger market. That one surprises me a little bit as to how gung-ho they are for the pack. A part of me thinks they 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 put so much effort into getting into the pack that now they kind of just don't want to leave. And Utah likes the idea of because they came from the Mountain West, whatever, they like the idea of being in a similar conference where they're just really good every year and whether that happens with good competition or not is just irrelevant to them all right now let's talk about what happened yesterday fireworks yesterday uh john canzano our good friend on the show he's never come on the show but uh and i doubt he will but uh he reports that a, a grant of rights has all been agreed upon by all 10 presidents bobby robbins comes out and says, and I think it's very fair to say right there that this was a shot right at John Canzano and says, nope, that's not true. Haven't heard of it. Haven't seen anything like that. I was proud of Bobby Robbins right there because I think this was kind of the crescendo of getting um, having so much nonsense put out there that eventually you're going to shoot back. And that's exactly what Robbins did. Yeah, I mean, I have no doubt that they've discussed things that would be in the in the G.O.R. And I have no doubt that there's some sort of verbal agreements within that. But there's no written document. There's no, like, you know, that they haven't wrote anything up and everyone signed off on it and any of that. And it is completely irrelevant without a TV deal. There are multiple reporters that knew that there's some sort of verbal agreement with the GOR and didn't do anything with it because it's not news. It could change in a heartbeat as soon as numbers come out and all that. It's just discussions. And Robbins basically, you know, was available to the media a ton yesterday and went to Feinbaum and went and, you know, had interviews with Thamel and Bellinger mm-hmm. and all those guys and was like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. There's no GOR. I haven't seen any document. And he's, you know, is he – Saying that it doesn't exist in some fashion, no, but as a document where these things are agreed in and all that, it doesn't exist. So why are we reporting it? It doesn't exist, and there's a new thing. And by the way, you stole one of my tweets where I said – I didn't you can see that. I always go Jessica Alba. You went Selma Hayek. All right. Well, same thing. Same thing. Either way, I can agree to marry either one of those. But you know what? If they don't, uh, if they don't uh, agree to – um, marry me. This isn't the uh, 1600s anymore. There are no more arranged marriages. So at least that I know of. So they can't, uh, it, it's not going to, it wouldn't happen like that. Here's the other thing too. And that uh, I need to be very clear on this. The only person I ever go after is Canzano. I'm fine with Wilner. Notice how Wilner didn't really pick up any of that stuff with Canzano yesterday. I thought that was very, very interesting right there. He said, seems important, but Wilner is also a far more measured person. I know Arizona fans don't like Wilner. I have no problem with Wilner. I know he likes trolling Arizona fans, but overall, I don't, I've never thought that he made something, makes stuff up. He never went with that. And they're with each other on that, on their own little podcast. Yeah, I mean, I don't – there's one major difference between Kenzano and all these other Pac-12 guys, 
And it is it is the same thing that has bothered Kinzano and NBA circles. I know NBA people where he's basically not a thing. And um, it is that he is a very arrogant dude. When he reports something, it is this is how, like he was literally calling Robbins a liar. Right. Like I, I am confident in my sources that there's a GOR. Right. The president of Arizona is telling you you're wrong. And you're like, I'm confident in my sources. Well, my guess is his source is Schultz over at Washington State. And that's why he's confident. <laughs> and so it's like, I'm glad that Schultz told you that there's a GOR or whatever. There's clearly not a signed document or a meaningful document. But once he goes with something, it's it's true. And then like in his mailbag, he's like, oh, you Big 12 people wishing for the demise of the conference, blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's not what's going on here. It, it, it's not. It, it's realignment has taken on a, a life of its own, and I fully recognize that. Um, but it's it's not what a lot of Pac-12 people think it is. It's it's just it's the hot news cycle right now. That's exactly what it is. And on top of that as well, when it comes to, I mean, and he says my source is this and that. I mean, come on, man. Like there's been like seven different dates now where their Pac-12 deal, the Spidey senses are right around the corner. And you and I were at you and I are around uh, at practice. We've been around. We know who's talking to who and whatnot. Arizona was not talking to him. And that's the part that bothers me and annoyed me about this. You don't get Wilner that comes out there and says, <laughs> talking with corner four sources, this and that. That is where this guy is different. And this is where it drives me up a wall. Yeah, so if people haven't heard this before, I'm not naming names. We're gonna, but we were at football practice, <laughs> yes, and there's an good. article with Kenzano, and he he said that he talked to basically insinuated he talked to Dave Hickey. I mean, that was the clear insinuation, and we were talking to someone that would know at football, and he goes, "That conversation never happened. That'd be news to Dave. I have no idea what this dude's talking about." And so from there on out, it was like, and this guy would know if Dave talked to John Kizano. From there and on I was out, telling you from day one, too, that there were no talks. Yeah. And this guy just confirmed it publicly, essentially. And I will say this. Um, you know, I, I feel like I have good sources with realignment. You have good sources with realignment. Uh, there are like three or four people that you would talk to to feel confident reporting some of the things that Kenzano has reported. And he's not talking to those four people. Correct. So maybe he calls like the eighth in line at the AD, but even that person doesn't know. Right. And, and again, that doesn't. Yeah, exactly. There's a few people that would know. And that's not one. Now, Jacob, let's talk about some of the pros and cons right here. Jacob Franklin, if you could pull up that old graphic we have of the pros and cons of the Pac-12. I want to. Can you share? I need a real uh, I need a real answer here. Well, that's why we have you on. I need a real reason athletically for why. <laughs> The Pac Arizona should stay in the Pac-12. I get all this stuff about the better academics and the city, and I'm not trying to poo-poo uh, any of that. But at, from an athletic perspective, from a television perspective, what is the – give me one reason as to why uh, Arizona would be better in the Pac-12. So this isn't my reason, but this is a reason that people could use to argue it, would be if Arizona basketball stays in the Pac-12, they're running things. Right, they're winning that conference almost every year, um, and and you know it's like a Gonzaga model. They win the conference. They schedule pretty difficult out of conference, do well enough to get a one or a two seed, like every year. Football wise, it'll be significantly easier to make a bowl game in a conference without USC and UCLA. Big Twelve football is going to be better from top to bottom. 
stay in the Pac-12, try to win seven or eight games in football, make a bowl game, visibility be damned, you're a more successful program. All right. Well, now I'm going to make the real case right here. Arizona basketball needs to be, and I don't want to say exposed, but they need to know what their strengths and weaknesses are. And there's only a certain amount of time you can do that during the regular season when or the uh, preseason. When you're in the Big 12, you are going to get tested week in and week out as to what your skills are, where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. And you're going to know, like as great as Arizona was last year, and I thought Tommy Lloyd did a great job. It would have probably become pretty clear pretty quickly that Arizona wasn't the toughest team in the world and lacked some real ball handling in a conference like the Big 12. That isn't exposed in the Pac-12. And yes, while it's cool during the regular season, that doesn't mean anything once you come postseason and you get hit with a hammer in the head. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't disagree. I I think that some people would say, look, at the end of the day, Gonzaga still has postseason success. Right. Right. And, And Arizona would like to be in that position, and it worked for them with their crappy conference and all that um i'm different i i think it's it's good to be battle tested and look from a pure entertainment standpoint from from uh, let's just say i'm a fan watching basketball do i want to watch arizona versus oregon state washington state washington or do i want to watch arizona versus kansas in those in houston and right. those schools i mean come on there's there's no debate um you know i'm trying to get arizona in the big 12 so i could see arizona versus west virginia and Kirk Creesa, you know, maybe he stays an extra year for that to happen. But, like, the, the entertainment value, it's not even close. I mean, Arizona basketball entertainment-wise, the games that you would be playing is just its insane. I don't get why Brett Yormark is this uh, lightning rod for uh, other – well, I do get why, but we're going to talk about that in just a second. By the way, I like Brett Yormark, even though he hasn't returned two emails that I've sent him about coming on to the AZ Wildcats podcast. Brett – We know you're watching, or if you're playing hard to get, I'm still going to keep trying right there. Now, one thing, though, if you want to go incognito and surprise your friends, Shady Rays. Sheer, what kind of sunglasses do you wear? Shady Rays, obviously. All right. You know, we also, our good friend Back the A-Ray, when he wears sunglasses, he's called Shady Ray right there. See what I did there? Back the A-Ray. So, uh, Shady Rays, hold on, let me find the read. It is, okay, here we go. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out the best deals of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code word PHNX for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. There is nothing polarizing about these sunglasses. They are polarized, though. And let's see here. Let's knock off one more. Four Peaks. Now, one thing that would be great. If Arizona was in the Big 12, was to see the U of A big men go against Kansas and schools like that. Our four peaks against your peaks and let the best peak win there, Jason Shear. What do you think? What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, whatever. Who's Hunter Dickinson anyway? Yeah, dude. Seriously, a Big Ten. We didn't we don't want him anyways. Four Peaks, though. Check out Four Peaks Brew or Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest in Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 years or uh, to drink Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly. All right. Here's what I like about Brett Yormark. He talks a lot, which I like, but he does what he says he's going to do. Uh, it cracks me up all the time when people uh, met, uh, make fun of uh, uh, of Yormark saying, oh, he's just talking. It's all talk, no action. No, that is not true. He came in, and what did he say? There were going to be three things. He's going to get a TV deal done, 
everybody was going to get a raise and he was going to take care of uh, the Oklahoma, Texas situation. He did all three of those. That's a man of action. That's a leader of men right there, as opposed to Klyavkov, who either doesn't say anything or when he does say something, it turns out to be false or wrong. That's why I like him. Yeah, I just don't think that people like often like people with uh, like aggressive personalities like your mark. They don't like you, Sheer. Yeah, well. (laughs) <laughs> like you know it was like your mark came in and said i'm gonna do this this and this and he did it and he's not hiding it he wants to expand and he's not gonna sit there like george is and, and go into hiding and look, maybe george comes out of this on the right side and his strategy looks good but right now uh i don't think even if you think the pac-12 is going to come out on the right side of this i don't you don't but let's say you did you still can't deny that they have absolutely been slaughtered in the pr war. And that's because of Brett Yormark and and his aggressiveness, his openness and and all that. And he rubs people the wrong way, but who cares? He's getting the job done. Let's be honest here. Arizona or uh, the Pac, excuse me, the Pac-12 would kill to be in the position that the Big 12 is in right now, where you're making 32 million per school and your broadcast rights aren't almost exclusively on streaming. We can be honest here and say that the Pac-12 would like to be in the Big 12 spot right now, correct? 100%. And you know what? Now, maybe it wouldn't have happened, but at the same time, though, Brett Yormark made sure that happened, and George Klievkoff didn't make any attempt to try to jump to the front of the line. I know they were in the negotiating window and whatnot, but Klievkoff's plan, or the president's plan, was, well, let's wait this one out and see. And you know what? Yormark took it and ran to the front of the race there, Sheer. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's that's going to be the thing that that is going to get analyzed but even more when this is all said and done is – your mark ran to get to the open market and signed a deal. And had George done that before your mark, the Pac-12 likely has a deal, right? And it's probably similar to the Big 12's deal. And if not, maybe it's a little bit lower, but they have a deal. And what happened was your mark basically outmaneuvered it, where now the Pac-12's options are minimal. Like there's people I talk to, and you talk to people also that – no one knows. No one knows who, who is out there for the Pac-12. We know who's not, but we just we have no idea what – and even Dennis Dodd tweeted yesterday, like, the Pac-12 is confident. People in the Pac-12, like, I'm sure it's Washington State and Oregon State or whatever, are confident. But no one knows that, like, who – Where's that confidence coming from? Like, who do they think they're signing? We've heard this all before a million times, though. And that's why, again, that's where the deal is right around the corner. You know, it's like pulling the uh, – like the little, uh, what is it? A thing on a string. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? We do this all the time. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. So either way, today, yesterday was a very good day. President Robbins, we salute you. Good work right there. And sooner or later, you were going to fight back against the nonsense, and you did just that. That's why you're our president. All right, now. Um, This is a great question here. Let's get back to some Arizona hoops. And we're going to talk a little Arizona football as well. Who do you think will be the most surprising and disappointing player in Arizona basketball next year? I will say this, and I'm right. (laughs) Caleb Love will be the most surprising player. He will make Shear feel very bad about himself. And Mount Krivas will not have the impact that people think. He'll be good down the road. But you know what? It's going to take him some time. What says Jason Shear? Are there high expectations for Krivis, though? Well, I mean, you made him out like he was going to be. I mean, you said that he he destroyed Henry Vasar, and Henry Vasar was a top 35 prospect this year. Well, whatever. Uh, I think most surprising would be uh, my boy, Pella, 
I think Pella finally gets some of the respect that he deserves. How so? What is Pella going to do that he hasn't done? He's going to dribble. He's going to he's going he's gonna to score a little bit more than he has in the past. Uh, a disappointing. Ooh, that's a tough one. Don't say Philly B. No, because I don't think Philly B has expectations. You know what I mean? I think Henry. I think I, I don't know if he'll be the most disappointing, but I think Henry has a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, yeah, I I agree with that. Even though I went with it another way. Now, Pella Larson. What kind of uh, kind of statistical projections is she looking for here out of Pella? Or can I get twenty points per game from you out of Pella? God no. I like the people like that. I'm going to pick on someone, but like there was someone on the message board that was like Boswell's going to average 25 and five. It's no. Everyone Let, let's talk about that for a second. That's a great point. Uh, uh, I'm going, let's go. We can go. He averaged 10. So let's go 13 points and six rebounds this year. For All right, cool. Cool. Now better ball handling. We go. We're going to be breaking some guys sure. down off the dribble. Sure. Why not? Why not? All right. People need to understand what the t- 25 and five. In my lifetime, I've been covering Arizona basketball a long time, or at least watching it. There's been two point guards ever that have done that here. And that is, excuse me, that is uh, uh, Damon Stoudemire, and that is Jason Terry. Jason Gardner might have done it in his junior year. Mike Bibby averaged 17 and 5 his sophomore year. Mike Bibby is better than Kylan Boswell. That is no offense to Kylan Boswell, but Mike Bibby is a better basketball player than Kylan Boswell. 25 and 5 is insane, Sheer. Gardner, I just looked it up. His junior year, twenty point four, right? Twenty point four, but he only averaged he averaged three rebounds and four point six assists. All right, so so we get let's yeah, just get him. It's not a little grandfather him in for sure. Um, if you think that Kylan Boswell will average twenty five and five, number one, he's gone. Right, mm-hmm. this last year Arizona. Number two, he's a first team All American. Mm-hmm. And he's a Wooden Award candidate. Like, if and he's the best player at, in the conference. Yeah, if you look at stats from last year, he you're like twenty five and five would. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Like guys at this, and, and you may see some guys put up those numbers, but they'll put up those numbers at a smaller school. Like you're talking twenty five. Like Nate Calmisi. It's crazy. Yet. Yeah. I'm curious how that works. He's going to UW. I'm very curious. I, I, dude, when I saw the Nate Calmisi, our guy right here, shows you the limit of our powers. We tried getting Nate Calmisi to Arizona, and Arizona didn't take the bait. Yeah, Hopefully he doesn't come uh, back to bite him. You know, and he had a quote that said that Mike Hopkins was the best coach in the country. All right. TLN, I've heard this before. I don't like it, and we're going to shoot this one down right here. Okay, hear me out. Pella is the exact type of player as Christian Braun for Denver. Pella can be in the NBA if Braun can, and Braun is killing it. There's a difference. Yes, big difference. There's, uh, there's a couple big differences. There's two big differences to me. Do you want to – well, sheer people know what I think. What do you – what say you? The, the number one difference is Braun is a better ball handler. A significantly better ball handler. And the number two difference is Braun is significantly more athletic. Correct. And Braun can make plays off. It sounds like I'm saying LeBron when I'm saying Braun. But um, Braun also, if you look in Kansas. Brown, by the way. Yeah, I know. Brown. Yeah, it's Brown. I'm not, I'm not calling him Brown. He needs to learn how to spell his name if he wants to go Christian hmm. Brown. It's Christian yeah, I Brown. agree. I agree with that. All right, TLN, you're back. All right, I like this. That's my hot take of the day. I'm just back in the A. All right. That's the other thing about it, though. Braun or Brown in college could bring the ball up the court 
get to his spot and pull up and take a shot. Pella will never be able to do that. That's why it's not going to happen. But I would love to be wrong. I would like to start a My Bad Pella 2.0 movement right there. Basically, it just keeps going each year then, sure. We should get yeah, the, the The college numbers are, are very similar. And mm-hmm. there's also one similarity because every time uh, a white guy does well in the NBA, we compare it to other white guys. And it's just that right. role. Um, but, you know, and, and look, if he if, if that's what he becomes, so be it. But – um, you know, there's a reason why Pella entered the draft and then came right back. And it's because he's not Christian Brown. Right. Wrong. There's not a lot of interest. Um, okay. But again, would love to be wrong. Overall, I was wrong. Pella lives a better life than me. So take it for what it's worth. Although I think he wishes he was on this podcast. All right. Now, Derek Pivko, the great Derek Pivko out of the East Coast. Does uh, Arizona have anyone that gets drafted in the NBA draft next year? Maybe Kylan. Kylan's the only one I could see. Umar's not going to get picked. I don't see Pella being picked. What about Caleb Love? Oh, Caleb Love. Second round pick possibility. I can see it. Caleb Love averages about 15 points per game and uh, shoots a very efficient percentage, just like Jason Shear called from day one. I can see it. That's about it, though. Have you been – have you come around at all on Caleb Love? Are you still all the way out? I'm not all the way out, but I'm not – I'm not, you know, I, 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 I see it to believe it. Fair enough. Five of a kind media. Great name. Don't know what it means, but I like it. Um, hold on. Jacob Franklin, let me take over right here real quick. Jacob Franklin is having to hold my hand because I'm an idiot. But <laughs> I am – hold on. Where did uh, where did this go? The Elijah Arenas one it disappeared. Oh, there it is. Have you seen Gilbert Arena's son play Elijah? I hear we offered. I have not seen him, but Arizona offered. He's supposedly very good. But – Jason Gardner Jr., Jason Gardner Jr., who will be a freshman at Catalina Foothills, would not surprise me at all if he gets an offer before the season starts. And how cool would that be to have an Arenas or a Gardner Arenas 2.0 backcourt in, say, four years here? Yeah, he's a legit player. I haven't seen him. Uh, I've heard he's going to Catalina Foothills. We'll go watch him. But, uh, man, that would be – that's the definition. That's when you know you're old. When you're watching the kids play of the guys that you grew, you know, right? It's Gardner uh, in Arena's backcourt with their sons would be pretty wild. Have we noticed that the Tommy Gun is now? By the way, Jacob, you can go back to running things. Sorry about that. Um, did we uh, have we noticed as well that the uh, Tommy Gun is now offering kids a lot earlier? Coincidence? Uh, not a coincidence at all. And it's you know, are we taking full credit for this? Do I get full credit for him calling timeouts during games now? I say we just just run with it. Full credit for all of this. It's not like he's going to dispute it. No. The only thing he's ever disputed was your stupid nickname. <laughs> what did you Dude, that was bad, man. Too and and you <laughs> exacerbated it too when I asked him. You just you tweeted out, "Holy crap, Tommy Lloyd just crapped all over Mike <laughs> Luke." It was terrible. Not one of your fighter moments there. And so people that out there that don't know what I'm asking about, I asked. Uh, uh, Tommy Lloyd, what he thought about the nickname, the Tommy gun. And then he goes. <laughs> and then I was like, well, you know, like, you know, just uh, and then he's like, no, no, no. He was repulsed by it. So take that yeah. for what it's worth. All right. Now, since we've covered where everything with Arizona basketball and Arizona football uh, uh, expansion, we need to talk about Arizona football. We had Tyler Owens on the show yesterday. 
Tyler Owens, strength and conditioning coach. First of all, some people in life get it, Jason Shear. This is definitely a guy that gets it. Arizona is incredibly lucky to have this man running the strength and conditioning program. Yeah, uh, just understands his job is more than strength and conditioning. The players always mention them when you talk about what they like about Arizona. Um, has stayed at Arizona. Arizona's given him a raise when other schools came calling to show that shows his value. And uh, there haven't been many guys like him. He, he, he backs the A, as you would say, Mike. He backs the A to the fullest, and I think what I like about him as well is that, first of all, it was it was fantastic. I can't imagine the Kevin Sumlin strength and conditioning staff evaluating every – maybe they did, but I don't think they did – um, looking at every single player, looking at their bone mass, their bone density, and projecting out year by year where they'd like them to see him weigh, where they think they can get to during that entire weight situation. I don't know that uh, Kevin Sumlin's staff – or. Rich Rodriguez's staff was doing that. I'm trying to think. I don't even remember someone's strength staff. Did someone have a strength staff? He had to have, right? Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to remember who he hired. Listeners out there, find this for us. Um, It's going to really bother me now. I I thought Rich Rod's strength staff was good. It was different. Um, But... Uh, it was well, they didn't Brian have a lot of it was, and then he left. It was Who? Brian Johnson, Brian Johnson. Oh, that's right, that's right. Um, now, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, what one thing that we one thing that we don't have, uh, that we don't have in our uh, uh, arsenal though, is and I think Tyler Owens is probably appreciative of this is that Tyler Owens gets to work with tall, big people. Can you imagine? And this is no offense, we love Parker Zellers on the show. We love Parker Zellers, a leader of men, literally. But Parker Zellers, if you came in and brought in the 5'11, 240 pound nose tackle and said, Yep, need you to turn him into an all conference player. Your hands are kind of tied at that point, Sheer. Well, it's like like I mentioned Rich Rod's strength and conditioning team. That that comes to mind. Like they wouldn't even work on getting guys super bulked up because they were so small to begin with. It was like it was speed training and, and stuff right. with that. And um, you know, Tyler Owens is is turning guys that are big into massive human beings. Like there's right. guys that gain a ridiculous amount of muscle their first year in, in their program. And um, you know, what he's able to do with these guys and physically transform them and how big they look. And that's that's always the first thing you look for in spring. And then when summer ball starts, that's the first thing you look for the first day is who got bigger. And you go right to the freshmen, right? And you go right to the freshmen that were here during the spring. And I guarantee you there's going to be a few of them that have had massive weight and strength gains, even just from the spring. I also thought it was interesting that he said that when T-Mac came in, they knew that hit the thing that was really uh, holding him back while well, holding him back is, you know, relative, but um, was his straight line speed. And he's gone from 21 and a, or 19 miles per hour to 21.5. There's no way that anybody on Kevin, someone's staff would have ever done anything like this. Yeah. And, and he's still going to get faster. And when you right. talk to him, he says, you know, and, and, and that's the thing with a guy like him is when he was in high school, he dominated with strength. And that stops working after a bit. And so now if you add speed to his frame and strength and all that, you have an NFL potential first round pick. Sheer, how is your sleep going? Uh, Pretty bad because my AC still broke. All right. Well, here, let me tell you about OGs then. OGs is here for Sheer again. The official gummy of 
PHNX, create experience and being part of the PHNX family. Here's the deal. You got pink lemonade dropping on June 21st. Yummy. The creams, the fruits, watermelon, red apple, peach, you name it, they got it. OGs, find them at your local dispensary, ogsbrands.com. Must be 21 years up to enjoy responsibly. All right, now, oh, look who just joined the chat. One of the most negative, cool people you will ever come across, Rudy Bastios. Give you an idea about how cool Rudy is and about Sheer is. So Rudy and I used to work at the radio station together. And uh, Rudy started following – this is when uh, everything was going down. And Rudy – or uh, Rudy started following Sheer, and then Sheer sent me a screenshot and said, do we like this guy or should we go after him? And I said, no, no, he's actually a good dude. Rudy Bastille's a good guy, um, but we will not start over. That's as far as we're getting right here. Um, But to uh, sum up, though, Jamari Phillips – Sheer, you guys did God's work right here. This had to happen sooner than later, and it happened. Yeah, it had to happen. I mean, after the way he performed, we he, he didn't leave anybody a choice. I don't think there was much debate. Uh, the only thing that's crappy about it is he's literally the first four-star. So we need him to pl- continue to play well. He moves up one spot, and he's a five-star. But I also will say this class in general isn't great, so there's less five-stars than there has been in the past. All right, but either way, that, Jamari Phillips is putting himself squarely into McDonald's All-American consideration. We like that. Yeah, he's going to be right there in the discussion, and, and he should be as long as he continues. All right, and on top of that, two to rehash, President Robbins shooting back yesterday. We liked what we saw yesterday. It was a tough day for some people. It was a good day for some people yesterday. Today, Yesterday was a good day for Mike Luke and for Jason Shear. We agree. Yes, it was a very – it was a fun day, long day. Fun day, though. Long day, but fun day. All right. Oh, Kenny Abbey says uh, Kenny's having problems sleeping as well. Kenny, oh, geez. Now, listen, Kenny's our favorite Phoenician. Um, and, Kenny, there's got to be OGs up in Phoenix. You should be able to find these when you're uh, going through your uh, area. Yeah, when you, when Kenny, when you visit ASU, I know you like walking around the campus. There should be one close to that uh, kenny we're just trying to help you out right there because again um or maybe you'll see the great jacob franklin up there as well you can't miss him he's only six foot eight but on that note sheer before we sign off where can we find you uh wildcatauthority.com we're doing a 60 percent off sale so it's a it's a big deal um join us come to wildcat authority at jason sheer on twitter wildcat scoop podcast with my wife shelby all right, and just as uh, just as important, well, actually more important, being that it's my podcast. Um, check out check out the Father's Day deal that PHNX has going on. Shop PHNX Locker, buy one get one half off on all shirts and hats now. Surprise Dad with his favorite Arizona sports team gear. You should tell Aurora and Brielle that you know that's what you want there, Sheer. Absolutely. As soon as oh. this is over, I will tell them. All right. On that note, we're signing off for the day for Jason Shear. Tons of great comments. You guys are all the best. We appreciate you. Rudy, get here on time next time. But as always, for Jason Shear, I'm Mike Luke, the great Jacob Franklin, who has seen, never seen nor heard, but is there. We will be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.